have you ever wondered why so many bad things happen? Yeah, there it is. Have you ever wondered why friends turn against you? It happens, doesn't it? It hurts like anything. Um, have you ever wondered why you can't seem to overcome your lack of discipline, especially when you need to? Or even the simple things like getting to bed at a decent hour. Why can't I do that? Or, or that, that lofty goal, why can't I get my assignments done ahead of time? Why is life so darn hard? Why am I sick again? Why am I depressed every winter? Why isn't the money there when I need it? Do you ever wonder why you aren't experiencing the joy that you really want, that you believe is supposed to be there in your life? Why is it easier to do wrong things and harder to do right things? Have you ever wondered why so many bad things happen in our world? This message is just starting off low and going lower. So hang on. The tornadoes, the hurricanes destroy so much property, take so many lives. I just read in the news tonight on my phone that uh, an aircraft out of LAX dumped all its fuel as it was landing on some school children. Why? So many things happen. Why do horrible things happen like Politicians lead countries to the brink of war. Why does sex slavery still exist? Why are there millions who still don't have enough to eat? Why is it so hard to live on this planet? Well, why are we teaching through the book of Ephesians this quarter? And why do we have the title of waging war? The reason in general terms, why all this kind of stuff happens is that we are at war. The devil, one of the, the most powerful created beings that God ever made, decided to rebel against the creator and has led a third of the angels in rebellion with him against the Lord, and they've been cast down to the earth, and now they are warring against those made in the image of God because they can't war against God directly anymore. That's the simple answer. So what's the second slide say? Why do so many bad things happen? Because the devil is at war with us. Now, sorry to bring such bad news right at the beginning. I feel like it's the first day of the quarter, and I'm giving you this massive syllabus, and you're just groaning. But... What if I told you that there was somebody who was going to do all the homework for you and get a good grade? That's where we're going in the message, okay? There's supposed to be like cheers or like... Oh, okay, okay, good. Let's take a look at two scriptures, uh, not in Ephesians, that help us get to Ephesians and understand why Paul is teaching what he's teaching. The first is Revelation 12. Uh, 7 through 12, so we need some Bible passers. Uh, you have your preference of English or Spanish. Just put your hand up if you'd like a Bible. If you don't have one on campus, we're just going to give this to you, and you can have a Bible. If you didn't bring one tonight, you can just borrow it for the night as well. I like asking questions. I hope you like asking questions when it comes to the Scripture. 
I'm going to ask, why did God inspire John to write the Revelation? Notice the book is not called the book of Revelations, plural. There's no S. It's just the Revelation of Jesus, okay? God reveals his son Jesus and what he is doing. The Apostle John writes to encourage seven churches who are going through difficult persecution. Thank the Lord that the church right here at Central is not undergoing persecution. Did you know a lot of people around the world are dying for their faith just simply because they believe? Well, that's the kind of situation that John is writing to in these seven churches. So he's writing to encourage them and, and say, stand strong. He's following a pattern uh, and a principle uh, in the genre of writing called apocalyptic having to do with the end of the world. And there's some really vivid imagery that goes along with apocalyptic that is meant to grab the reader's attention as well as encourage them and show the dynamic warfare going on. John's theology is summed up in the verses that we're going to read right now in Revelation 12, 7 through 12. So if you want to understand the book of Revelation, here it is. It's right here in these verses. Let's have our reader read. Mm, thank you. This is the central theology of the whole book of Revelation. This is what John wants his readers to understand, that there is a war between heaven um, and earth, that there had been war in heaven between the devil and his angels and the archangel God, archangel Michael representing God and his angels. But Michael and the angels won and threw the devil out down to the earth, and they are here now waging war against God's people who are made in his image. God's angels win. That's good news. What do you think is going to happen eventually here on earth? God and his people will win as well. And we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. And the central figure that causes us to win is no longer Michael, but Jesus. Yeah. So, John is teaching to show that in the end, God wins and the devil loses, and that is something that is encouraging to us as well. There is coming a day when all the bad things that happen in your life, your family's life, your friend's life, and in the life of your country and this planet will end. Is that good news? That is really good news. John writes to teach you and I that in the end, if we are with God, we will be on the winning side. Not fun to find out that we're at war. Not fun to find out that we are born into a war and that we can't escape the war all the days of our life. Not fun to learn that, is it? But it's still true, and it'll help you to understand the life you're living. And it might even motivate you to get a little closer to God, which would be two thumbs up, wouldn't it? I think this also helps us to understand why so many bad things happen and to show us how we can beat the devil in two ways. That would be worthy of note-taking because we have a note-taking culture here, and we want to at least write that down, wouldn't we? Yeah. Would you like to know the two ways that you can win? Okay. I think there's a slide that says it. I don't see it yet. Keep going. Next. I guess maybe that's it. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was going to change. Anyway, we uh, are told in the book of Revelation, 
chapter 12, verses 7 through 12, that when we focus on the cross of Jesus Christ and his death on our behalf, we learn that the cross liberates us from slavery to Satan and slavery to sin. Satan wants us to, to be addicted. He wants us to be uh, absorbed in ourselves. He wants us to be discouraged all the time. But when we come to Jesus on the cross, not only are our sins forgiven, but we are liberated from the control of Satan because we can now live under the control of the Holy Spirit. And when we come to Jesus on the cross and believe in him, the cross liberates us from our slavery to sin anymore. We don't have to sin anymore. How many of you have discovered that? You don't have to do it. Anybody? Put them up high. We don't have to. That is so fantastic. In my own life, Satan wanted to keep me addicted to alcohol when I was a young man. Satan wanted me to stay shy and self-absorbed and very reclusive. And Satan wanted me to be unable to confront uh, the wrong in my world and, and the things that were displeasing to God in other people's lives, like my friends. But what did God do when I believed in Jesus? I've been free of alcohol since my freshman year in college. I've become kind of an outgoing person, and I might even be a little loving. Wow. And I'm able to speak the truth to people, and I'm able to help them through stuff because I got out of myself, my self-focus, that the devil wanted to keep me trapped in. What are you trapped in? How has he got you stuck in sin and under his influence? Hmm. So when we focus on the death of Jesus and we focus on the personal story of what he has done in our life, it's so powerful. What has Jesus done in your life? Do you like hearing what the Lord has done in other people's lives? It's encouraging, isn't it? Yeah. As we gather as God's people and tell our stories in core groups week after week and in our one-on-ones and with our friends that still are outside that kingdom of God, when we tell them our stories, that is powerful. That is how we defeat the kingdom of darkness and the devil. When we talk about Jesus and that we can be free from sin, free from the control of the devil, that is how we win. Mm. Yeah. Why is the devil fighting humanity? We talked all last quarter about Genesis 1, 26 through 28. You can turn there if you haven't got it memorized yet. In the very beginning of the Bible, we're told something incredibly powerful about how wonderful you are. Just smile and think to yourself, I am so wonderful. That's what the scripture teaches us. In verse 26 of chapter 1, God said, let us make mankind in our image. We are looking good, people. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish. The fish need a lot of help. And over the birds of the sky and over the livestock and over all the animals. And over all the creatures that move along the ground. So what did God do? God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Hmm. I think that almost implies God is both male and female. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, dear. Yes. God blessed them. 
and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. Why is the devil fighting humanity? Because he's been booted out of heaven. He can't fight God himself and the angels up there anymore. So he's going to fight against everyone who represents God down here. He's going to try to destroy all the good of God making us in his image. He's going to try to make us feel crappy about ourselves and crappy about other people and not get along with ourselves or other people personally, locally, nationally, and globally. Do you know what God wants you to know? That the devil is real, that you were born into a war, and it is your responsibility and mine to fight for the life he's given us through Jesus Christ. Jesus does the saving, but now we have to partner with him and fight for that good life that he intends us to have. Now, this is not my favorite part of the message, but I think it would be useful. I want you to know uh, that the devil is really real. I'm going to tell you demon stories. How many of you have personally experienced demons? Put your hands up. Yeah, we know that they're real. Um, when I first came here in 1981, there was a demon in the Kai house. Can you believe it? That would show up. And so when Ron and Michelle Jacobson and their kids moved into the house, Ron was on staff uh, with me, um, they prayed the enemy out of the house. They used James 4, verse 7, which says this. And this would be a good one for you to write down because we're a note-taking culture, yeah? James 4, verse 7 says, Submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's just really clear. Submit, resist, and there's a result. They submitted their lives, their family, to God as they should, and they started resisting the devil in prayer, and the demon left. Okay, I think we have uh, the slide up there with all that. That's really good. And then there was a gal in one of the core groups named Connie, and she lived in an apartment pretty close to where I live now, and there would be a demon that would show up all the time and harass her and her roommate. And so she was a new Christian, and she didn't know what to do. Any of you ever feel like you don't know what to do? Sure. Well, maybe an older Christian <laughs> would help you. So she had a friend named Kurt, and Kurt was one of the facilitators. She said, Kurt, what do I do? And he says, well, I'm coming over. And so they just looked at Luke chapter 10, 17 through 20. So let's have a look at that one. And you probably want to learn that one too. Where is Luke? Matthew, Mark, Luke, in the New Testament. In chapter 10, Jesus has quite the, the words to say to his disciples. What did I say? Where am I in Luke? Oh, very good. Thank you. The 72 returned with joy. They'd been out, sent out on a spring break outreach. And... Um, they returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. 
So they're pretty pumped about that. And he replied, well, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits themselves submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So he wanted to get their attitude corrected that we are never to think that we have power, but we are to understand we have authority. Who is the one that has the power? God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Who are we? His representatives on earth, his image on earth. So he gives us his authority to operate at his behalf. And when we do that, God's power can work through us. And God himself um, takes care uh, of the enemy. And we have that guarantee that nothing can harm us. Is that comforting? Yeah, it is. And so we got, what is it, kind of the analogy here of, of snakes and scorpions. It's not that God doesn't like snakes or scorpions. He made them, and they're really cool for those who love them. Those of, uh, of us who don't, that's okay too. But it, they're images of trampling on the demons. Okay. Any of you ever had nightmares? What is up with that? You're trying to get a good night's sleep. Nightmares. Okay. Did you know that books have been rewritten to write out the truth sometimes? Like I'm a history major, so I know that they've written out a lot of the truth that happened. There's a lot more of a political agenda. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> Webster's Dictionary has been rewritten. Nightmares originally means night demons. Hello? Yeah, nightmares come from night demons. You ever have one of them come and it feels like he's sitting on you? You ever felt you can't move? That used to happen to me all the time. You're sitting there, it's like, great, I can't move. Feels like felt darkness in the room. What am I going to do now? Well, I just remember 1 John 4, 4. It says in Scripture, 1 John 4, 4, the greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. Who's in the world? The demons, the devil. Who's in me? Jesus by his spirit. So I say, oh, well, you should just leave now. Then I roll over and go back to sleep. And I've never had to wrestle for more than five minutes in my whole life. Even got to the place where I couldn't speak out loud. Has that ever happened to you? You can't even pray out loud? Say, ha, I can think prayers. <laughs> Still works. <laughs> okay. So what points should you be remembering so far? Well, this one, bad things happen because the devil is at war with humanity. You've got that now. You don't have to wonder why. Okay. Another one is the devil is very real. And that we should take our stand against him. Just like it says in Ephesians chapter 6. I'm getting ahead in the book, but I think I'm allowed to. Okay. Let's turn to Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. We'll get to this later in the quarter. It says, finally, Chiophans, be strong in the Lord. What are you trying to be strong in? If it's not in the Lord, you're probably off base and need to adjust. Yes? Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Don't think it's yourself that's going to do all this stuff in life. 
You are now partnered with the Lord. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The devil has strategies against you. You've noticed them. He knows your weak spots. He knows your buttons to push. Yes, have you noticed? Yeah, maybe make a list and say, God, here's, here's where I'm weak. Make me strong. You should have a strategy too, right? It says, our struggle is not against humans. It's not against flesh and blood, though it seems like that. Those humans, if you ever notice, they're not always nice. But our real struggle is not against humans, not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, and powers of the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, we should put on the full armor of God. And it goes through, and basically the way we're going to put on the full armor of God is simply remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. We were on the outs with God. We were the sinners. We were the weak ones. We were under the control of the devil. And Jesus broke the power of the devil, forgave our sins, has filled us with his Holy Spirit, and now gives us his people and his word and the spirit who lives in us to overcome. Hmm. I think we're getting close to Ephesians. Wow. Have you guys nailed down this basic stuff yet? You're at war, and the victory is in Jesus, not in yourself. Have you got that figured out? It's all about remembering what he did on the cross. That's how he proves he loves you. It's not how you feel in any, any given moment. He just loves you. You don't have to earn your salvation. Everybody got that figured out? Basic stuff, nailed down. Good. Hmm. Let's read Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. I said all that to get to this. Thank you. So Paul is writing to the Ephesian church and probably several other churches, and he's reminding them that they used to be like zombies. You used to be dead in your transgressions and sins. Why? Because you obeyed the evil spirit who is at work in this world. We should have a cosmology map that I drew in my uh, spare time here. Okay. This is how biblical people diagrammed the world we live on earth but below us is sheol the place of the dead probably uh below us got that bad rap because that's where you bury people you put them down you don't put them up okay and then there's the air and then there's heaven where god is certainly uh we can't put all the bad spirits and such exactly where God is, so we're going to put them between earth and wherever heaven might be. And so this is what we're talking about. So this realm of the air, uh, they figured it must be where the devil and the fallen angels live and why all the bad stuff happens. So that's their geography or their cosmology. And it's good for us to keep that picture in mind. Wasn't it a good one? When we read the scriptures. Okay. So how do you and I still get into trouble now that we're following Jesus? Or maybe you're here tonight and you haven't decided to do, you, do it yet. How do you get into trouble? Well, you do this thing called sin. Sin is just simply not doing things God's way. Not doing things according to design. How many of you love to read the directions and how many of you try to build it without the directions? <laughs> yeah, 
It's really useful when you get to that place in life where you just humble yourself and read the directions because I was the other kind of guy. Did you know that they put directions on your computer? You can look up anything and there they are. Start using that thing. Start using your phone for good. Okay. Um, so if we don't follow God's directions, things go astray right away. Hmm. You were dead in your sins, dead in your disobedience. Uh, we don't have this biblical concept that all the people in the Old Testament did. So I'm going to try to pass it along to you for just a minute. Even when you're alive, it, if you were an Old Testament person, and now because you're hearing this truth, and now you, uh, even if you're alive, you can be in the realm of the dead simultaneously. Death is anything other than vibrant, robust, good life with God. If you're not on top of it with God, then you're dead. That's how they viewed it. Capiche? Okay. Jesus said it this way in John 10.10. 10. Uh, there, there might even be a slide because this is a hugely important one for us to have in our mind about the spiritual warfare. It says the thief, and who would that be? Devil. Comes only to do some negative things, like steal from you. Steal from the planet. Steal from God. And kill and destroy. That's why things are so terrible on this earth. We have an enemy who's at war with us. The thief, the devil, comes to do these things. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life. And have it to the full. This is God's intention. And this is what he wants us to continue to believe and get back to even when we're discouraged. On those days, we have to remember, yeah, things are difficult right now. But God still wants me to have life and have it to the full. And that is founded with him and his people and the scripture and God's spirit living inside of me. We're going to get through this thing together. How many of you... Um, would rather have Jesus just take the mountain away rather than hiking all the way over it. Hello, this is my basic prayer. Take it away. He says, no, we're hikers. <laughs> That's his basic way. Just, you should get that down, okay? He's going to help us through the difficulties. He's not going to take them away because we're at war. We have to help in the war. Okay, remember how we started tonight's talk? Bad things happen in our lives. Bad things happen in the world. They happen because the devil's ruling the earth. He's warned against humanity because we're in the image of God. I'm going to give you another bad news verse. In case you don't believe this yet. 1 John 5, 19. One of my most unfavorite verses in the Bible. What does it say? The whole world is under the control of the enemy. And you thought this was America. No, this is America under the control of the enemy. Well, I'll just move to Canada. Well, the prince and princess are. Um, <laughs> bad mistake. <laughs> Canada is under... The rule of the enemy. Well, I'll just go to Alaska. That's another country. No, actually, it's part of the United States. 
That is under the control of the enemy as well. Ask Lydia. Okay, so how – that clock hasn't moved in forever. What time is it really? Well, Lord, that is not helping me. Look, it, it, I could talk forever. <laughs> oh, and I was just getting good, too. Oh, gone. Okay. So how does the devil rule? He puts thoughts into our head. The battle is between the ears. I think we need to become good watchers at the kind of thoughts in our head. You know, there's thoughts from God because we're Christians. We, we've heard the Bible. We, we read the Bible. We think about it. We, we have the Holy Spirit in us. There's thoughts from the Lord. There's thoughts from ourselves. There's thoughts from our culture. And then there's thoughts from the devil. We just need to get good at, at noticing those. And we need to embrace the idea that our brain is the battlefield. And it's all about our attitudes, which lead to our action. It's all about our thoughts, which lead to our behavior. How else does the devil rule? By prompting sinful and self-centered actions. When was the last time you felt selfish? More than five minutes ago? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's a pretty constant battle, isn't it? To realize, okay, do I help them? Do I listen to them? Do I be nice to them? Do I do the dishes? Of course I don't do the dishes. <laughs> this is the greatest sin of the Kyle House. How many guys in the Kyle House know this? <laughs> it's the battle over the dishes. Okay. It's, it's, it's where the devil rules the most is in the sink. Okay, so seeing as I'm out of time, what is my last point tonight? I have no idea where we are on the slides. Let's go to the last one, see if that works. God offers salvation not by what we do, but by what he already did through Jesus. Yeah, that's good. That's true. That's 289. Oh, wow, look at that helmet. Uh, God has good works for us to do. Will we join him? God is trying to get us back to Genesis 1, 26 through 28, where we are imaging him on this planet. That's why verse 10 says, we are God's handiwork. He made us in his image. Why? So that in Jesus, now that we're in his kingdom, now that we're following King Jesus, we do good works which God has designed for us to do ahead of time. God has uniquely crafted each one of us to do good on this planet for him and his kingdom. And so the challenge tonight is knowing that we are at war, knowing that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and help us, knowing that we have the community of God and the Bible and that we have a responsibility to fight the war. Will we join God and actually do what he asks us to do? Will we do these good works? Will we make the earth a better place? 
Yeah, sure, you betcha. I'm done. Let's pray. Let's have the worship team come, come up. Lord, that was really nice that you stopped the clock. Maybe you could prompt Dwight to change the battery. Lord, thank you that you give each one of us passion for your word and for your person and your presence and your purposes on this earth. God, I just love you, and I want to join with you every day. I don't feel like it every morning. I don't know the last morning that I even felt like getting out of bed, but Lord, you get me out of bed somehow, and you get me joining your purposes, and I pray you help each one of us continue to walk in that responsibility. Help us to fight for the character, the image of God that you put in us. Help us, Lord, to join you. Help us to take responsibility, we pray. And now, help us just enjoy your presence and worship you tonight. Amen.